Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nathan. Uh, good to be here, and uh, it, it is a privilege to um, to be able to uh, have Pastor Nathan take a Sunday off, because I know that he's studying and he's doing other things, so thank you very much. Uh, it's always good to be able to help you in what you're doing. Um, so yeah, for those that are not aware, uh, yes, we do um, run Grace Place, my husband and I. Uh, 16 years ago, uh, we uh, embarked on, on what we felt God was leading us to do, to start a, start a street ministry, and uh, a handful of us got together, there was seven of us, and we just started. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of grown throughout the years, and we not only just serve a meal, but we also um, operate a, an emergency overnight shelter. And so um, with that comes a lot of things, and uh, it's been an, very exciting throughout the years. Um, but today I want to tell you um, about a few things. Um, the title that I've entitled my sermon is Contending for a Bending. Okay. Um, a couple of us went to a conference in September uh, um, from this church here. And uh, one of the speakers said, are you contending for a bending? And I think that today we can ask ourselves, are we contending for a bending? I know at Grace Place, if we don't bend, we will break. And truly, it's true. If we want to reach the lost, and if we want to make a difference for God, then we have to bend. There's no other way. I know Judy said that to me the other day, and I said, you're preaching my sermon. <laughs> because bending means that not everything that God requires of me happens in my own timing. It usually requires that I put my own needs on the back burner. And with all of the busyness and all the pressures, pressures of street ministry, it's not always easy. The ministry that we're involved in at Grace Place can be very painful, it can be heartbreaking, and it's not always fun. But I tell you the truth, there's no other place that I would rather be than at Grace Place. And not because it's the best place on this earth, it's because I'm fulfilling the call of God on my life. Because although it's hard, it's also sweet at the same time. <laughs> and even though it's painful, I wouldn't want to be any place other than at Grace Place. Except, well, maybe with my new grandbaby, Florence. Right? <laughs> but then I regress, you know. I could talk for days and days about my new grandbaby, Florence. <laughs> and, I mean, can't we all relate? I mean, really? There are things that we all would rather be doing than feeling the pain or heartbreak or stress that comes through ministry. And I'm sure I'm not the only one here who just wants to do what I want to do instead of bending to God's ask. Or maybe I am? I don't know. But if you can relate to me, and you're like me, you'll find that you have good company with uh, the Apostle Paul. Because what we find is that there is a tension. There's a tension between what I want to do and what God is asking me to do. I mean, let's face it. 
if we're all being honest, there is that ten temptation and there's that tension to take the easy way out. The Apostle Paul, he said it this way, and I'm going to read from Romans 15, or Roman, Romans 7, verse 15 to 20. Paul said it this way, I do not understand what I do. For what I do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my, my own sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. The Apostle Paul, he knew all too well about the tension that went on inside of him between doing what was good and doing what was wrong. And it waged war within himself. And you know, I've read this verse over the years over and over and over again. And when I read it the other day, I just really got a clear picture of his struggle. Because I always thought that this scripture just was really talking about perhaps a besetting sin that, that, John, or sorry, that Paul struggled with. And we kind of look at it that way. But what if this scripture isn't talking about that? And how about if he's talking about the struggle that went on inside of himself to serve Christ? If we look at Paul's time in ministry, we see that it wasn't all easy. There's evidence to point to the fact that it didn't always go right. The truth is, Paul, he struggled to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to you and to me. And the Apostle Paul, he often wrote about his ministry travels and the exploits he did for God and the many struggles that came with it. In fact, we see him bragging about what he had done, but not because he was boasting about how great he was, but he was boasting about the fact that although it wasn't easy, God got him through. He was boasting about his God. 2 Corinthians gives us a list of the things that Paul went through, all of his struggling. Um, 2 Corinthians 11, start, uh, 23 starts with Paul. He says, are they servants of Christ? I am out of mind, out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, being in prison more frequently, being flogged more severely, and being exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. <laughs> Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and have often gone without food. 
I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I must boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Artis had the city of Damascians guarded in order to arrest me, but I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. Wow. Do you think Paul battled with himself to do God's will? Do you think? I bet he did. And what he found was that when he did what God was asking him to do, he found that there was another law working within himself, the law of grace. The law of grace to overcome sin, the law of grace to overcome any obstacle in his way, the law of grace that brought strength, which was an overcoming grace, and it had the power to save And isn't that what we all want? We all want to bring the gospel to a dying world. The Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament, and he is the testimony. We can look to him of what God can do when someone says, yes, Lord. And I can only imagine if we all said yes, if every Christian in the world said, yes, Lord, Use me. I can imagine how different the world would be. And God, he really invites us. He invites us to co-labor with him. He invites us for a good reason. Because it's not all a downer. And it's not all hard work. (laughs) In fact, uh, Judy and I were commenting the other day, although we've been short of staff, at Grace Place for overnight. And although there's, you know, been a lot of uh, staff that have been sick and things have been going on, it's it's really refreshing. For some reason, some odd reason, we are refreshed (laughs) by what uh, we get to do at Grace Place. And you know, God, he's he's just asking. He's, He's not forcing us. He doesn't make us. But he invites us into a beautiful relationship to co-labor with him because he knows deep down it's what we all want and it's what we need within within our spirit. It's almost like there's a missing God piece in our lives. And, And when we find that missing piece and we join up with God, it make it we are we are fulfilled. That piece of the puzzle. Is, has made us whole. And so for that, I dare say, we all need to bend. And after almost 25 years in ministry, I have to be honest with you, I still have a hesitation to do what God is asking me to do. I mean, I find it hard to bend. I bend most of the time willingly, but not always. I have to be honest. And if anybody's here from Grace Place, they can probably tell you that. You know, I'm not always on point. There's still a hesitation. 
And I want to explain. Uh, Pastor Nathan opened up with a little bit of explanation as to a word that I got from the Lord. So I'll just kind of elaborate on that. So somewhere in the month of July, I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me and it wasn't earth shattering or anything and it was just what I was when I was doing something simple how many know that God will speak to you when you're doing something simple like you're in the shower you're going for a walk God begins to speak to you well that's what God was doing with me that day while I was cutting the grass (laughs) and over the years um, I've I've learned and I have come to trust God's voice and when he began speaking to me, I was kind of surprised. And you might wonder why I was surprised. Well, because Pastor Nathan explained. A um, year and a half ago, uh, when we came over to Grace Play, or sorry, to Transformation Church, just before, um, I didn't have an unction to preach anymore. I didn't have a real want to, to, to uh, yeah, to just serve in that way. And um, so we, we just really felt that God was leading us here to Transformation Church. And um, from there, uh, that was in our hearts. And so we said, yes, amen, Lord, let's do this. But of course, in my usual style, I hesitated about six weeks too long. And even though we knew that it was a God move, I still hesitated. Now, I hesitated because I started to think of all the reactions we would get, right? Fear of man came to taunt me, you know, where are they going to think? We we haven't even been to Transformation Church. We didn't even know what it looked like inside. I mean, how about if we don't like it? And how about if our congregation didn't follow us, right? We had all these worries that were starting to kind of crowd in on me. But I was trying not to let it grip me. Because I knew that God was being patient with us. And long story short, I lingered in the pulpit for about six weeks too long. And boy, oh boy, was that painful. (laughs) Very painful. I wasn't getting any sermons from him. Um, And I said at the beginning of the ministry when we started Grace Place, if God doesn't give me something to say, I'm not going to say it. And there I was trying to do that, right? Saying something, grasping and so I decided to just lay it down, and uh, God turned off the tap, so then we moved over here to Transformation Church. And so I never gave it another thought. I left it with him. That's fine. Um, and by the way, when we came over here, we really love it here. We do, and we really feel like we're at home, so thank you. <laughs> so he wasn't really speaking to me about anything until... Um, that day when I was cutting the grass. And so some of you might even know Gary's knee is kind of on the blink. So for the last couple of years, I've been cutting the grass. That was my job. And uh, and we know last summer the weather was so good. It was so warm. So every time I turned around, I had to cut the grass. Okay? <laughs> and there it was. All over again, as I was cutting the grass, I ran over the same weed that, I had, that had grown up over our septic field. And it was as tall as ever, and it had been there every time I cut the grass. And I said out loud to myself, I thought I cut you down already. <laughs> Recognizing his voice, God said to me, 
well, you didn't get the root. I'm like, oh. It was as if God was saying, here we go again around the same old mountain. Haven't we been here before? Recognizing his voice, I said, okay, Lord. And that was that there was a sermon attached to that. And I said to God, okay, then if you want me to speak about this, and you're going to have to make a way and make it clear. And so I left it with him. And then, like Pastor Nathan said, he called me about a month ago and asked me if I had a word. And I said to him, I think I do. And even then, inside of me came doubt. And I said, I would pray about it. Like, come on, let's be honest. Hello, God gave me a word. But I wasn't being honest with you. I'm like, okay, I'll pray about it. Like, why? I was still hesitating. Do you understand? Still walking in fear. And from this, God began to speak to me about my hesitancy. And, and about the fear. And to tell you the truth, it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. How many know that when the Holy Spirit begins to chastise you, God begins to do a deep work? There's nothing like a spank from the Holy Spirit. There's nothing like, you know, and he does it so gently, but so hard. And so uh, what I had been doing was giving into fear and not seeing ministry as a privilege. Oh, my gosh. God said to me, be careful, privileges can be taken. Wow, that just cut me deep. That like had me on my knees, had me crying on, with my face on the floor and in repentance. So I can tell you that ministry is a privilege, and you might not be convinced, but now if God told you ministry is a privilege then you would be totally convinced. So for me, it was settled. And I know that this is what God wants to do for many of us here today. He wants to settle a few things. He wants to put to bed some things that have been haunting you or taunting you and kind of causing to get in the way of, of you ministering. Not just, you know, officially, we, we don't all have to go to school and officially uh, get a degree to minister. I mean, even just out in the, in the, in the marketplace, even out um, when you're greeting people, he, he wants us to minister in certain ways. He doesn't want us to be afraid to do that. So for me, it was fear. And, and many of you are just at the gate. I really just sense that. And, and God wants to settle a few things for you today. And I get it. Ministry isn't easy, right? There's a whole list there. But when I look at the list, I think that I'm nowhere near what Paul went through. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> and I hope that you, you're not <laughs> like that. But um, I get it. It's not easy. It's an activity that God is asking us to do in faith. How many like to do things they've never done before and do it because God is good and big and you ha and do it in faith? How many like to do that? <laughs> not really. But it's not until you reach the other side that you realize it wasn't you. 
that there was a work of grace working within you to accomplish that which you could not do without God. And isn't that the reason why we have God? I mean, that, you know, that we have relationship with him? Because we're really not that good. We're only good because God makes us look good. <laughs> he gets us there to where we need to be. And I know some of you might feel inadequate. Some of you may have been hurt. This is a big one. You may have been in ministry before and have been hurt and even made a vow. I'm not going to do that again. This vow will have power over you to make sure that you don't ever again. There might even be unforgiveness. That's a real big one. Uh, offense has the ability to create a walled city around you. You're like a walled city. Nobody can scale that wall. Nobody can get in. And it's even hard to hear God, too. So I understand, believe me, I understand when things go wrong, when people hurt you. But God wants to meet all of us here and bring healing. Nathan's father, Cal, he was here last week, and that was really refreshing. And he spoke about the fact that everyone here has something to do for God and that each one of us has a purpose. I agree. I agree. No matter how big or how small. And it's true and it's important that we be healed up before we do those things for the Lord. In fact, when I was writing this sermon, I had a sense that some of you are have been outside of what God wants you to do for a very, very long time. You've known the sweetness of the Lord. You've known the sweet fellowship. You've ministered. But now you're out of outside of what God would have you do. And I had a vision of someone all curled up, laying on the cement in the dark and the cold. It's cold and it's barren in there. The presence of God isn't there. He's calling you back in. He's calling you back in. And Transformation Church exists to make passionate disciples of Jesus Christ that will have a significant lasting impact on the city of Thunder Bay and beyond. How can we ever do that? And what we're called to do for having trouble picking up our cross and following him. Let's face it. The disciples were asked by Christ to deny themselves and take up their cross and follow him. You might be thinking that what Jesus was asking his disciples to do then isn't really relevant for today. But if we look around the world today, I would say that what Jesus has asked his disciples to do then is just or even more relevant and needed today. Romans 10:14 says, how then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So folks, God is calling all of us to get involved with his plan in some way. Whether it's big or small, in fact, our happiness and our sense of well-being hinges on this very thing. 
You could be doing the craziest things for God um, so that some people might even think is kind of wacko. <laughs> but you could be so fulfilled in the knowing that what you're doing for the Lord is what he's asked you to do. And in that comes fulfillment. And some are wondering what his plan is. Well, his plan is that not one would perish, but all would come to believe in the Son and have everlasting life. So are we all involved in God's plan? Are we all involved here at Transformation Church? If not, there's plenty of ways to get involved. I know Pastor Nathan was up and Jeremy was up. The Bible says that they will know us by our love. Are you loving the church? Are you, are, you, are you loving the church like Jesus does? Do you care enough to get involved? Whatever and wherever God is calling you, if you begin with a yes, Lord, and a willingness to bend, you will not regret it. And it won't take you by surprise, because now that I've <laughs> kind of talked to you about, uh, you know, it's not always easy. It's okay, because God's going to get you there. And as I mentioned before, it's the place to be, right smack dab in the middle of where God wants you. And I think it may even be more painful trying not to do what God would have you do. God loves you and he wants all of us whole. And we can run, but we can't hide. And I often think of Jonah when he was called to go minister to Nineveh. He had all his reasons, right? He felt that the ones he was being called to were just not really worth his time. And even the thought of having them repent made his skin crawl. And it was more that he could take. And we do see in the end for Jonah that it was much harder for him to run away from what God would have him do than just go do what he was asking. Because being swallowed up by a fish and being spit up on land... I would say that Jonah's escape plan was an epic failure. It really was. And we've all done it, right? But we don't need to feel condemned. I think God wants to say much more to us here. He doesn't, doesn't want to condemn us for what we haven't been doing or what uh, we still haven't done. But I think God would have us want to focus on him to receive his provision to do what he's asking us to do and to co-labor with him. So today, I believe God would want us to be honest with him and respond to him. Maybe it's a prayer of repentance. Maybe it's a time to forgive someone who's hurt you. Maybe it's just a yes, Lord, and I'm willing to bend to your plan. Whatever it is, God will meet you there. Pastor Nathan um, is going to come, and he's going to close in some prayer. And uh, we're going to leave some time at the altar today for uh, people to respond. I mean, you don't even have to respond um, and come up for prayer, but there are, will be leaders that are here to pray for those that would like prayer. Um, yeah, I invite you to, to uh, meet with the Lord here. And I know God wants to do a deep work here in the city of Thunder Bay. And I know that he wants to use us to get there. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Melody. That was a really good and timely word uh, and super encouraging.
And I am going to encourage, so the band's going to close with a couple songs, and if the Lord spoke to your heart in any way, uh, and you want to come to the altar and pray, um, I want to invite you to do that. If you want somebody to pray with you, there's a few people that would like to respond uh, to pray with you. And uh, I think one of the things that, if, if especially in the area, um, I think that illustration Melody shared about the weed is pretty real. Uh, there's some of us that have had a struggle in our life that is an ongoing struggle, and we've never gotten to the root of the issue. And if God has brought that to your mind and heart, and you just want to come and pray and offer that to him, I want to invite you to do that at the altar. Uh, and, and the other thing I wanted to say, too, we, uh, we really emphasized children's ministry today, and that is an important ministry in the church, but it's not the only ministry God calls people to. Um, there may be some of you that the Lord is calling you to host a meal in your home on Thursday nights and invite a couple people that you know are just starting out in their journey with Jesus, and you can spend some time discipling them. Maybe there's somebody here who your ministry, God's calling you to reach out to a family member or a struggling friend in some way. Maybe God's t calling somebody here to start a recovery program in the city of Thunder Bay. Like, from the whole scale, there's all kinds of ways that, that God calls us uh, to serve him. And we often feel inadequate. And I just want to read uh, a verse from Matthew 10, and then I'm going to pray for us. In Matthew chapter 10, uh, I love how Eugene Peterson translates this in the message version. And I've said this before, but the message version of the Bible, it's, it's like a commentary. And... Uh, in this passage, Jesus is he's sending his followers out to do ministry like they'd seen Jesus do. And I just want you to imagine this for a second. You've just spent time with Jesus Christ himself, watched him raise people from the dead and heal people. How adequate do you think you'd feel when he's sending you out? He's like, okay, now go ahead. Like, would anybody here just be like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, you just saw Jesus in the flesh ministering, okay, effectively, Crowds are hanging on every word. People are being healed. Like, the, the level of, the, of feeling adequate would be very low. And, and just listen to what Jesus says, and, and I think the message, message translates this really well. He says to his followers in, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 10, he says, you don't need a lot of equipment. Now catch this. You are the equipment. And all you need to keep that going is three meals a day. I, like, I can't tell you, and I read the whole message translation one year, and that verse just rocked me, and I can't get it out of my mind, because I often feel inadequate for what God has called me to do, and I go back to what Jesus said to his followers as he was sending them out. He says, you're the equipment. So forget about the degree, forget about all the special things you think you need that you convince yourself you're not adequate. He says, you're, you're the equipment. Like, if you can hear me and follow my voice, you're, you're all that you need to go and do what God has called you to do. And so if, if that resonates with you, but there's something that you feel is holding you back, um, I'd just like to invite you, if you want to come and pray, you can do that from your seat. Um, it's not that there's anything magical at the altar, but sometimes taking a step of faith like that really uh, makes a difference. So let's just stand. I'm going to pray, and uh, we'll close with these, these last couple songs. Lord, I, I just want to thank you for uh, the word that we were able to hear this morning from Melody as she shared, and I believe it was a word that spoke to a lot of us. Um, for some of us, it was deeply encouraging, and it challenged us on what you're already saying. And I think there's probably some in the room that this just hit them in a new way, in a fresh way. Maybe, maybe there's people here that have 
have been convinced, they've lived convinced that they're not uh, adequate for, for some ministry or some role in some way. Uh, and maybe this, this morning was just really jarring in a good way. And I just pray, Lord, that you would give faith for us to respond and just to say yes to you. Uh, I just pray for your blessing and peace upon everybody here. And just as we spend these next couple uh, songs singing, I just pray that you would do a deep work in our heart. And we just invite you to speak, Lord. Our, our ears are open and uh, we desire to hear you in Jesus' name.